Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I am Tony Serino alongside Christopher Carter, and this is your daily dose of all things Steelers. Today on the show, it is part one of our mailbag episode here. We asked for questions and we got a ton of questions. Thank you so much to everyone who wrote in with your questions. We're going to do this not only today, we're going to do it tomorrow as well. Uh, So we'll have a two-part mailbag episode starting today. Welcome to the show. You can find more of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, the Himalaya app, wherever you find podcasts, search Locked On Steelers, hit that subscribe button. Make sure to get your daily dose. You can follow us on Twitter at LO Steelers. You can find us on Facebook, search Locked On Steelers, hit like on the Facebook page, but make sure you also join the Facebook group you can also find us on Instagram at Locked On Steelers. All right, Chris, how you doing today? Doing great, Tony. How you, man? I think we need to start today's podcast with a moment of silence. Uh, we talked yesterday about the new XFL rules, how excited I was to watch. Landry Jones going to be the quarterback of the Dallas Renegades. Or is he? Uh, yeah, and then the news broke yesterday uh, that Landry Jones has a, uh, has a, a knee injury of some sort. It's going to keep him out four to six weeks, so that'll keep him out of the start. Of the XFL season, Chris, this is just uh, at the Steelers don't make the playoffs. Duck has a terrible end to the year, and now this. I mean, it just it can't get any worse. It, I don't know how it gets any worse from this. But I'll tell you what, we gave out our awards yesterday or the, the last two days. I'm ready to give out comeback player of the year to uh, to Landry Jones in the XFL for his miraculous comeback midseason. He hasn't even come back yet. He hasn't been in yet. How can how, we know how, how this right? But he's already. I mean, look, we know Landry. We know his talent, right? I mean, the guy is is too good for the XFL. A perennial backup, forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but in the XFL, he's basically. I mean, he's basically Joe Montana. You know what I'm saying? Like degree degree of difficulty. He'll, he'll, he'll be Tommy Maddox. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And he returns to. We have a lot of questions. We're going to do our mailbag episode uh, tonight and, and tomorrow. Uh, but we have we have a lot of questions about quarterback. And I got to tell you, the answer to all of these questions is Landry Jones. So uh, I'll just I'll just prepare you guys in advance. All right, let's let's actually start in with this mailbag. Thank you to everyone who wrote in. Holy cow, did we get a response, Chris, to this mailbag? We have a ton of questions to get through over the next two podcasts. We're going to try and get to as many as we can today, and those we don't get to today, we will get. We will try to get to tomorrow. Although there's a, there's a lot of a lot, so these these podcasts may be maybe maybe on the longer side. All right, let's, lights certainly delivered. Yes. Let's uh, let's start with two hypotheticals. I, I kind of categorized these first couple because we got we got some hypothetical questions. Then, we, like I said, we got a lot of questions about the quarterback situation in Pittsburgh. It's almost like Steeler fans are worried about the quarterback situation in Pittsburgh. I don't know why. It's weird coming off the season that they just had. Uh, all right, let's start with these. Let, let's start with these hypotheticals. Joey from the uh, Donut Bag Podcast writes in: How hey. how different? Would the Steelers' season be if they didn't trade Josh Dobbs? And this was a big move early in the year, Chris. Uh, you know, Mason Rudolph wins that backup job after preseason, uh, and the Steelers elect to trade Josh Dobbs for a fifth-round pick. Um, if they had kept him, he would have been the third stringer. You know, Mason gets benched against the Browns uh, or against the Bengals. Dobbs would have come in. Maybe Dobbs would have come in earlier than that. Actually, when you consider you know how poor Mason was, how different, Chris, do you think this this season would be with Josh Dobbs at the helm? I think I think they win all the games that they won with with Devlin Hodges, um, but I also think that they they find a way to beat the Jets and maybe even find a way to beat the Ravens. Um, yeah. I think his, I think his mobility, you know, he's not Lamar Jackson. 
Uh, he's not even close to that kind of mobility. But his mobility and his his ability to create with his feet and the fact that he does have an NFL arm, and I'm not saying he's extremely accurate, but he has the, the arm strength. The strength, for sure, yeah. I mean, he throws right. lasers and, out there. Exactly. Like, when he when he's on, that guy can, that guy can sling it. And, and at worst, he can throw a deep ball and say, hey, James Washington, go get that. Right. And uh, and we saw that in the preseason. Or Deion Kane. I mean, Deion Kane had some nice uh, you know deep balls late in the year. He's a perfect example. Yeah. You could, and it would make and if if he at least put up some jump balls for the guys to win and they won at least a couple and had a big place that would have generated more opportunities for the offense to move the ball as well as more opportunities for uh for for defenses to be like oh crap we can't just constantly leave guys one on one streaking down the field because we have to honor that uh, and again that's not to say that Josh Dobbs would have been perfect and avoided all these mistakes and everything uh, but I, I I honestly felt like that Josh, like Mason, Josh Dobbs would have been at least as, as good as Mason Rudolph was this year. Yeah. And, the, the the question for me is about, like you were talking about the, the accuracy, right? Cause that was the big question for him in mm-hmm. preseason, the interceptions that he threw that would, I think what, you know, the Steelers, Tomlin had that M the, the whole, the whole quote, right? Don't kill us. That's my own. That's my only concern of thinking about Dobbs, but you're right to talk about his athleticism and everything he brings to the table. That's not throwing the football because you know, with, with as bad as this Steeler offense was this year, they needed something else, right? And if that's something else was Josh Dobbs getting uh, chunks here and there. And we saw that in that Buccaneers preseason game, the first one, I think Dobbs could have been a real asset. I agree with you. I think, I think this team could have made the playoffs with Josh Dobbs. Yeah, I, I think, and I, I, I know some people were like, "Well, what about the Raiders game last year?" I'm like, "Look, well, the, everyone was failing in that Ra- Raiders game. You yeah. asked him to come into a middle of a game that the team was stinking in the middle of, and, and they and and you know he didn't do well in that game. You know, I, I wouldn't use that as an example to say that he would never be able to have success in an NFL game when Devin Hodges won his first three starts, right? So, um, I, I just, I, I think that, that he would have at least provided them a better chance than Devlin Hodges. I'm not sure if they make the playoffs with him, but I know it would at least have been closer than what it was. All right, Joey has another hypothetical. Would they have gotten Minka if Ben doesn't get hurt? Uh, Chris, I think a big part of that trade with the Dolphins was the Dolphins' idea that, hey, now that Ben Roethlisberger's hurt, you guys are ready to go into tank mode just like us. So sure, have Minka, and we'll take a you know your your top ten, top five pick. Uh, does that trade happen the other way though? If if Ben doesn't get hurt? No, I'm with you. I I think it doesn't necessarily. Uh, ha- I don't think it happens. Now maybe the Steelers have to cough up a whole lot more. You know, maybe they cough up. The, the the two fourth rounders that they would have had along with the first mm-hmm. um uh but uh but yeah like so maybe that maybe that's what happens but i don't know i i just i feel like the dolphins definitely saw an opportunity and jumped at it with yeah. ben robert because it was also the 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 catastrophe of how it happened like literally the steelers were owing to and Ben was hurt, and yeah. we weren't sure what happened. And then the day that he gets announced, that they announced that he's out for the season, then the trade happens. I, I feel like that was a a GM decision by the by the Dolphins, where they were like, "Let's do this now. We can get we can get this." And uh, now 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 we have two top ten picks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah. I think that certainly played into it. I don't know if it happens because also you got to consider what other teams were shopping for a Minka Fitzpatrick at the time. If someone else with a that was also look, looking like maybe they'd have a bad record. Why wouldn't the Dolphins have traded to that team? Right. I think the Steelers would certainly have had to sweeten the offer a little bit. And I don't know what that would have been, what that could have been. You talk about the, the fourth-round draft picks potentially. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, they would have to sweeten that deal. I don't think that it's Minka for the Steelers' first-round pick. 
uh, and, I, and they gave him the fifth, the fifth round pick as well, the fourth round pick as well. Um, I don't think that th- that deal happens unless Ben gets hurt. So, um, you know, it, it was a, it, yes, it's a lost year in that Ben got hurt, but, you know, Minka and everything we talked about yesterday, um, you know, as far as him being, you know, such a, a an asset to that defense and the turning point for defensively. In the, at the end of the day, you could almost make an argument that Ben Roethlisberger's injury was worth it. Now, that's considering, you know, he, he wants to come back. He wants to still play in 2020 because when you consider the fact they were able to get a much better player with in Minka Fitzpatrick than they would have gotten if they had just kept what what is now the 18th pick in the draft. You know, I, you can make an argument that I think Ben's injury in some ways was worth it. All right. Uh, well, but, but I, I will say, I will say this. This is another example of what Ben Roethlisberger's value has been to the Steelers. That his 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 injury, his loss for the season, made everyone think that this Steelers team was going to be so bad that hey. We're willing to give up. I mean, it's a result of Ben Roethlisberger and his the reputation his career has bought him. Yeah. I mean, and bought the Steelers, and that people are like, well, wait a second, they can't do anything without Ben Roethlisberger. So we're gonna trade and get. And I think that's that that comes from the prowess that Ben comes. Now, I think you also saw over the season that's not necessarily the truth because they went eight and eight and were you know a couple plays away from making the playoffs. So um, you know, so it may not have been true, but the mystique that Ben Roethlisberger, his, the greatness of his career that has bought him, I, I that, that certainly led to them getting Baker Fitzpatrick, who is a first-team all-pro uh, free safety in his first year with the team. Um, and they got him on a rookie deal with no guarantees. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just an insane trade for the Steelers. I mean, they won. They won. Yeah, absolutely. The pick of the draft, and you gave up a guy you picked 11th a year ago. And not only did you pick him 11th, that guy should have been a top-five pick. All right, we're going to go to break here. When we come back, uh, we have a lot of questions that you guys asked us about the quarterback position uh, in, with the Steelers. There, you know, what what should the Steelers do this offseason about the quarterback position? We'll talk about it right after this. All right, Chris, let's continue here on our mailbag. We have a ton of questions about the quarterback situation in Pittsburgh, which is shocking when you consider how the 2019 season played out. I didn't see any problems at quarterback, Chris. Did you? Throughout the entire year? Didn't seem like quarterback was a problem, and yet fans would have you believe this is the A number one problem. Such knee-jerk reaction, people. God. <laughs> All right, let's let's get to the first question. Michael writes in: Is Josh Rosen a bad pickup if we could get him for cheap because he's still on a rookie deal? He is still on a rookie deal. Josh Rosen was, I believe, the tenth pick in the draft two years ago by the Cardinals, then traded to the Dolphins. Now the Dolphins have Ryan Fitzpatrick, who I, you know, they're probably going to stick with for maybe another year. As, as it looks like they're going to take Tua, but are they going to want to sit Tua for a year? Um, so Josh Rosen, Chris, may be available. The Steelers may be in the market for some competition there at backup. Josh Rosen might be an option. Um, I, I, I do. I wouldn't jump over Josh. Josh Rosen. I, I see. I get it that he was he had the pedigree, but um, it's alarming to me that he's been on two teams and no one's thought like, hey, let's 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 give this kid a shot to sling this ball around. Now I get it. He was kind of sabotaged. Arizona picked him. And then basically they were like, oh, yeah, Kyler Murray's coming. Get the heck out of here. I mean, I've never we've never seen that in the NFL Two two quarterbacks picked in the top 10 like that uh, in back to back season. Um, and then he went to Miami, who basically was jettisoning everything and then still didn't start him. And 
you you at least with him if he had gone like he they put in Ryan Fitzpatrick you know and 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 not that Ryan Fitzpatrick's this horrible quarterback but you know you knew he was a journeyman quarterback you knew he wasn't going to get you to the playoffs or anything so why not see what you're what this young gun might have and if you lose oh no no you lose and you get an even better pick to get the quarterback you actually want um it, it is such an odd thing for Josh Rosen but the fact that he hasn't caught on in either in, in either of his first two seasons is a little bit alarming to me. If I'm the Steelers, I'm not really giving anything up for that. I think I can get a similarly valuable quarterback in this in this draft in a, with a fourth round pick. Yeah, I agree. I, I look, I had I had Josh Rosen QB one in that draft, but I'm I'm gonna at this point I'm yeah. ready to take the L on that and yeah, just what, say no. Nope. You, you know who my QB one was? Lamar Jackson. Okay. Take that. Okay. Uh, Ro- yeah, Rosen for me. Look, Arizona, you could you could shoo that away and say, okay, look, they had a terrible offensive line. Uh, you know that was just not a, not a situation for him. That you know one year coaching staff and all of that. But going to Miami and look, it's not a great. It's still not a great surrounding cast that they put him in. But you know, just just some of the attitude issues that he's had, and then that was some of the issues that he you you you, uh, you heard about him coming out. Um, the fact that you know he he has not won over a locker room at all wherever he's been. Um, you know, he just hasn't dealt with the situation that he's been put in, which is, look, you know, he wanted it to be handed to him. Hey, I'm a top 10 pick. I want to be the, the guy. Uh, he wasn't the guy in Arizona. He's not the guy in Miami. And you put him in Pittsburgh and, you know, look, Tomlin and, and, and company can work wonders. But I, you know, I think I think the Steelers, like you said, Chris, have better options at quarterback this offseason uh, as high as I was on Rosen a year ago. All right, Steve writes in, what would plan B be if Ben doesn't come back or if Ben's injury limits his ability to win football games? Is Rudolph really the future, or do you see the Steelers making a move for a seasoned quarterback? Uh, so, Chris, the, the question here, Rudolph, or maybe go out and try to get a veteran free agent? Well, Tomlin kind of said that that Rudolph is the number two right now. That, to me showed a sign that's like they're they're not done giving him a chance but i do think that they've learned their lesson that like hey we cannot be in the position we were last year with devlin hodges coming in to fill in if everything goes to hell um i, I think the move might be to it, it's not necessarily about a vet it's about just having an nfl caliber arm you know like they i think they again i think they would have done better this year with with josh jobs as their third option and um, I, I think if they look at like if you look in the draft and you say you know what we can get uh, Jake Fromm from from Georgia in the in the in the middle rounds and that we're fine with that or we can get Jalen Hurts um, you know either one of those guys if you get them with a, with with one of those fourth round picks I, I think that's fine um, and uh, I, I I think that that would be along the lines of what what most what the Steelers should be should be happy with a quarterback there. But also I mean if you get if you just go into the, the free agency and you just look up and look at different guys, they're like, hey, you know what? You can throw the ball down the field. You can at least, you know, do this. And, and that's the other thing. We don't know I I always tell people to, to wait. Don't do not just go out and say, oh, they should sign this guy. Oh, should they sign that guy? You don't know who's going to be available because teams make cuts, teams make moves. Um, you know, this the, this time last year, no one thought Odell Beckham Jr. was going to be a Brown. You know, so you, you never know who's going to become available and what markets are going to be like. Uh, so wait until like late February, early March, when that stuff actually starts to go down and then see what opens up and what is cheaply available. Because the biggest thing that the Steelers need is someone who can at least throw the ball and costs them nothing. You can't because you can't say, hey, just go out. Yeah, go out and get Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know how much that guy makes? It's something the Steelers cannot afford. 
Right. I think that that is the that is the the biggest barrier to the Steelers getting a veteran in in the building is going to be the salary cap implications. And we've we've talked about this a lot, but uh, you know they're going to have to mix if they want to keep Bud and Bud is priority one according to Tomlin. They're going to have to clear a lot of room and then use that room on Bud Dupree. It's not going to leave a whole lot of room. Uh, well, you know when you consider all the players are going to have to cut to make that room and they have to they have to sign players to fill those gaps and then also bring in a veteran backup quarterback. Just the math on that is just not going to add up. Especially, no. if, you know, if you're looking at getting like, you know, Eli, you know, Eli Manning or Andy Dalton or, you know, one of these cast offs that's going to end up being a backup somewhere. I think I think that's completely unrealistic for where the Steelers are from a cap situation. Now, the, the other side of that, though, is if they can't bring Bud back, right, if they if they do clear the cap space, but don't bring Bud back, then I think uh, maybe there's a possibility that they could get a, a, a veteran, a name veteran in the building. Um, and like you said, Chris, you know, who knows who that'll be? But I think it's a possibility this offseason if they don't get Bud, if they bring Bud back, it's gonna be it's gonna be Mason, it's gonna be Paxton Lynch. Potentially, it's a it's a mid to late round pick, like you said. Uh, but I don't see them bringing in a, a a name veteran if they bring Bud back. Steel Faithful writes in: Do you think they will bring Bruce Gradkowski in to be their quarterback coach? I know Randy and Ben have a great relationship, but Bruce may be good for the young QBs. And Chris, this has been all the talk. Uh, around Pittsburgh right now is that the Steelers are preparing to bring in a quarterback coach. Bruce Gadkowski, who has talked about wanting to get into coaching, might be an interesting option there. He spent some time in Pittsburgh. <laughs> spent some time in Pittsburgh. He's from Pittsburgh. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, that's um, right. That's right. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I think so. The problem, the problem with this, though, is that a lot of people just assume that guys are going to fit into a coaching role because you liked some things that they did as a player. And that doesn't mean you should, should discount him, but teams are looking at so much more than just that, right? Like they, they're, they're, they're looking like, okay, what can this guy, you know, how can this guy lead a room? You know, how can he help our young guys prepare? What kind of tone does he set? And I, I, I feel like, you know that that sounds interesting. It sounds nice, but you know if I'm if I'm a guy that I have a young quarterback room outside of Ben Roethlisberger, because at the end of the day, this isn't for Ben Roethlisberger. This this is for this is for Mason to develop. This is for whoever else they bring in, um, for basically those guys to have a person they can report to and be like, hey, how am I doing? I need someone. I need a voice in my ear that isn't just the offensive coordinator saying, "Daggummit." Um, and uh, but I, I think that that would be interesting if Bruce Gradkowski is ready to take on that kind of leadership role because people understand when you're coaching at any at any level you, if you're an assistant if you're a if you're a position coach you're a leader you're you're the first one in the room the last one out and you're supposed to be the one that that makes sure you're on everybody and what the, and how they need to improve uh Bruce Gradkowski seems like the, uh, a, a, a professional individual I've always heard very good things about the guy um so if, if he's if he's up for it and the Steelers think it's a fit go for it I just don't I don't know if that's going to be the move because you know people people thought that Heinz Ward should just be brought in and right. and, and there were some uh, I, I'll tell you after in the in the Shazier injury game in Cincinnati Heinz Ward was in that locker room and I got the sense that maybe Heinz Ward would have tried to be part of the team um, and it seemed like he wanted to be but for whatever reason it didn't work out but then you got opportunities William Gay he's an interim tight ends coach so. Um, it's it's interesting, but I you know it's all going to come down to something that happens behind closed doors that none of us are going to know about. Yeah, and I think you know it, 
it's so hard to predict, you know, who is the assistant coach going to be. I mean, like, like you said, Chris, Kratkowski might be an interesting name, but if you're looking for where it's going to come from, you know, you look at where they got their last three position coaches and their defensive backs coach, Tom Bradley, I believe, came from Penn State, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Faulkner came from NC State. Yeah. Carl Dunbar came from Alabama. You know, position coaches in college making the transition to the pros is where the Steelers have gotten their last three. I guess you can consider Terrell Austin another one there. He came from uh, from the NFL coaching ranks. But maybe someone from the college ranks. Uh, you know, Heinz Ward's a great example, Chris, of a former Steeler who fans really wanted in. And, you know, for whatever reason, it didn't work out. Um, you know, I, I don't think that's a – it's not a knock on Heinz Ward. I don't think it's a knock on the Steelers. It's just like you said, it just didn't work out uh, that those two, those two came together. And so I think Gradkowski might be a good coach. May not be in Pittsburgh. Uh, all right. Reed writes in, at the end of the season, the Steelers brought, actually, we have two different questions, both about JT Barrett, so I'm going to kind of combine these together. This is Reed and Zach, and this is kind of a mishmash of their questions together. So Reed and Zach write in, at the end of the season, the Steelers brought in JT Barrett to run the scout team for RG3, but then they signed him to a reserve future contract that gives us five quarterbacks uh, when we generally take four to camp. Could they be eyeing Barrett and in a Taysom uh, Hill role? Or uh, could Barrett potentially take over as that third-string backup behind Mason Rudolph? That's interesting. I mean, I mean, JT Barrett might be the guy, one of the guys they bring in. He'll be he'll be the camp arm next year, maybe. Um, but I mean, uh, for, for for one, let's uh, let, let let's 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 be realistic about a few things. JT Barrett isn't exactly Taysom Hill. I mean, I. I, I <laughs> There's a few. There's a few different things that uh, that that I, that I would look there, and and for for one, it's the athleticism. Taysom Hill's forty yard dash was a four point four four. You know what JT Barrett's was? A four point seven. Like just because JT JT Barrett, you know, he, he played Ohio State doesn't mean that he's fast. Uh, mm. JT Barrett would have to show incredible understanding of the playbook he would have to show that he's good at those intermediate throws at least and that he's he has the i mean and he had the arm i think in college to, to push the ball down the field but he's not a guy i'm i'm like stopping everything for and being like hey you know what that's the guy right there we don't need to make any other move that's the third string quarterback um no i wouldn't i wouldn't jump all over jt barrett yeah, I, I could see him being potentially that kind of like you said the fourth camp arm. If it's if they if they let's say they stand pat at quarterback yeah. and they don't do anything, you know, if it's if it's Ben Mason Paxton Lynch or Duck and and then J T Barrett, uh, I think that that easily could be the uh, the uh, the four quarterbacks at camp uh, in in August. Now I do think, but I do think that they will add another in some way, whether it be via the draft or whatnot. So in that case. I think JT Barrett does get the axe, but if they if they don't do anything and they don't have a lot of draft picks, so it may be the case that they go into the draft and they just don't prioritize quarterback because they don't have enough picks to to put another uh, arm in the room. You know, I mean, if if they add another quarterback there, you know, you're adding competition for Mason Rudolph, and then uh, you know you've already wasted it. You got a third round pick in Mason, and then whatever this is going to be a fourth and fifth round pick and some other backup. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, given given the amount of holes that are going to open up on this roster based on the moves they're going to have to make to keep Bud Dupree. I just I wonder about uh, how this team is going to handle quarterback, especially when it comes to the NFL draft. All right, uh, Joseph says, "What do you think the the uh, state of the team will be next year with Ben returning? What do you see happening if the team to Ben if uh, Ben doesn't return like we'd like him to?" Um, so, Chris, what if Ben does return from injury and he's okay? 
what is your prog- early on here? And this is this is we're recording this uh, in January. What is uh, your early, early, early predictions if Ben is healthy for the 2020 season? Well, it depends on who they're facing because we we know they're not going to play the Patriots starting off in the year. Um, but it depends on which one of their opponents do they get early in the year. Do they get a healthy Eagles team? You know that they got to play. Do they get um. You know they're going to be playing the NFCs. Do they get the Cowboys to open up, up open up the season with Mike McCarthy's first game? You know it, it'll be interesting to see with those. Do they start off with the Ravens? You know, you know who who do they get in that first game? That I think that will be a big tone setter. If they can get a a a a, a team that's figuring itself out or a, a you know a back level team. You know they they four years ago they kick started the the, the they kicked the season off with the with the with the Redskins and that could be a team that hey, you know what Ron Rivera new team uh, this is exciting yeah they got they got a young quarterback they got some young players let's, let's yeah let's put them up, up against the Steelers at Heinz Field um, you know it's gonna be it's a, how how they start will be will depend on who they play. Um, but uh, you know, I, I'm not I'm not sold that Ben Roethlisberger is just going to walk back on the field and be like, yeah, you know, I I, I do this thing, and and throw five touchdowns in his in like his first first game. I, I think that you know, and because this year my big thing was that Ben Roethlisberger coming into this year, my thing was Ben Roethlisberger had to be the man, and even though he got hurt, he was not the man when he wasn't, and I'd be concerned from the Steelers and like, look, Ben, I'd be sitting down with Ben like, look, man. You when you get out there, you got to deliver. You got you got to be prepared. You got to be you got you got to be the first one in, last one out. Like you got to know everything that's going on. Um, so I, I'd be a little nervous about it, but I, I do think that the Steelers are going. I think that Ben Roethlisberger knows that you know he's running out of chances even more so than he was uh, two years ago when he said, "Oh, maybe I just don't have it anymore." Um, and I do think that there's going to be like a resonating feel with him, like you know what, this defense is legit. All I got to do is just put up. X, you know, about like maybe like 23, 24 points and we can win a, any football game. I think that that might be what pushes them over the top. I don't think he's going to be super elite next year, but I do think he'll be good enough of a quarterback to get them some wins. I agree. I, look, I, I've said this all year. Freeze me in carbonite. Wake me up in 2020 when Ben Roethlisberger's back. I, I think as long as Ben Roethlisberger is healthy – uh, and, and, you know, that's a big if right now because he's coming. He's a 37-year-old quarterback coming off of elbow surgery. Uh, but if he is healthy, I am extremely excited to watch what this team brings to the table. Uh, so I, I am all in on 2020. All right, one more question about quarterbacks here, Chris. Uh, Pierre, or sorry, Pierce writes in, uh, first of all, I want to say I won my bet with my Dolphins friend because we finished with the 18th pick. Oh, yeah, remember this guy, Chris? So he, he asked us uh, in, in, a, in a past mailbag if the Steelers could finish – with a better record, like, I think that he needed to finish with a better record than half the league in order to win this bet, and he did because the Steelers finished with the 18th pick, uh, and it would, I guess 15th pick would have he would have lost the bet. So maybe he was maybe Pierce, you were sweating there at the end of the year, especially maybe week seven. No, by week 17, I think with eight wins, the Steelers probably had it locked up that they were going to finish with a uh, better record than half the uh, the league. But congratulations there on your win. He asked, "Do you see the Steelers drafting a quarterback with their number two with their with their second round pick?" Uh, that would be pretty early, Chris, and I think the only to me the only way that that would happen is if is if you know when in February when when Ben gets his checkup if the doctor says oh no no something's drastically wrong here and he can't play uh, that to me is the only way the Steelers would be looking at a quarterback at that position right it would it would it would also have to be like Tua like for some re- like for some reason people are just like oh yeah Tua Tagalova yeah like I for some reason we're not drafting him in the first round and he falls to you that would be like you know what. That guy looks like a franchise quarterback. We'll take the chance, you know, but that it would be that is less than one percent of a chance of happening. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, there, there's, some inter- there's some interesting guys that may fall to round two, like Jordan Love, Jacob Eason, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, and I, I don't know, again, it would be the Steelers almost, I don't know if they'd be reaching at that point, because you'd have no Ben Roethlisberger, uh, but in that case, yeah, you know what, actually, you're right, they would probably go out and get a veteran in that case, like if Ben retires, they'd probably go out and just spend all their money on a veteran to come in and, and not, you know, not have to take a, a quarterback in the second round. Right. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, I don't see it. So, yeah, I'm with you. I don't see it. No no chance they take, they take a quarterback with their number two pick. All right, let's go to break here. When we come back, we will continue your questions here on Locked on Steelers. All right, Chris, continuing on our mailbag, we are through the quarterback gauntlet. We made it through. So now let's talk about the other uh, positions on the roster, including edge rusher, where Bud Dupree is a big concern for Steeler fans this offseason. Dominic writes in, do you think that Bud Dupree would do a, quote, Pittsburgh Steelers contract? Right. So remember, Chris, this was the big holdup in the Le'Veon Bell deal that he Le'Veon wanted that big upfront guaranteed money. The Steelers just don't do that. Um, and so that ended up being the holdup there. You have to imagine if the Steelers are going to offer Bud Dupree a contract. It'll it all likelihood you have to imagine, be in the same kind of vein of not big upfront money, uh, but, you know, kind of money commiserate with a, a you know, top five salary at the position. Would Bud Dupree, do you think Bud Dupree would take that contract? I, I think that he would he, he would avoid top edge rusher money if he meant that he had security in Pittsburgh. And I, I do think he might feel like a sense of camaraderie. I, I've always gotten a team sense out of Bud Dupree. Like, he does like the organization a lot. He likes what he's been able to do here. He likes how he's grown here. And um, I, I I got the sense from talking about Dupree that he, he was looking forward. He was loving the fact that he was proving people wrong and he was looking forward to being able to continue to grow with his guys. Um, so I, I wouldn't say like a, a total team friendly deal. Like, Oh yeah, we're not charging you a whole lot of money because he, he wants to make his paper, but he, uh, I do think that he's going to look at this and say, you know what? I'm not going to make these guys pay me like, you know, $18 million a year to keep me around. I think he might be in the Joe Hayden range, like $10 million a year. He might be like, yeah, pay me that over like, you know, four or five years. I'll be happy with that. I think he'll be happy to take a tag this year and, uh, and, and do what he did again, you know, for the defense and then say like, look, man, you guys pay me, me and TJ will be, will be the dynamic duo of the AFC North and be the cornerstone in your defense. Um, so I, I think he, it, it won't be necessarily a team friendly deal, but it will be a team friendly deal because technically he could go out. I think he, I think if he went, if he hit the market this year, he could make in that $18 million range just because I think someone will be crazy enough to pay anything for a guy with his production. I agree. I mean, I think if he hits the open market, it's just open season on Bud Dupree, which is why the Steelers shouldn't give him an option here. I mean, they should. The, their path to keeping Bud Dupree into 2020 is to make the, create the cap space to franchise tag him and then go through the same thing with Le'Veon where, you know, it's not like you're, you're being bid up by the open market. Because I agree with you, man. You look at some of these contracts that have been given out. You know, Demarcus Lawrence, $48 million guaranteed. Frank Clark, $43 million million guaranteed. Von Miller, $42 million. Trey Flowers, $50 million guaranteed. Olivier Vernon, $40 million guaranteed. Uh, There's just some crazy guaranteed money getting thrown on, especially last offseason. You have to imagine, you know, the way the owners work, that, you know, they're not going to lower their guaranteed money given out. Uh, So 2020 is going to be even crazier. So the, the way to do this is to just not let him hit that open market because, holy cow, you know, he could get, I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Bud Dupree got closer to $20 million a year if he hits the open market. Uh, the Steelers have to avoid that. This the, the contract that I think might be most realistic for him is what Zadarius Smith 
got a year ago. Because uh, if the Steelers can can get Bud Dupree on that franchise tag, they get him on they get him for sixteen million dollars for twenty twenty. Zadarius Smith signed a deal with twenty million dollars guaranteed, much lower than some of the other guys I talked about, and only sixteen and a half million dollars per season. So that would be to Bud Dupree worth it, right? Because he's not taking a a, a, a loss there by signing the contract, because the the average would be sixteen and a half. Uh, so you'd actually be getting somewhat of a raise there, but it's a team-friendly deal for the Steelers because they're not paying that absurd amount of guaranteed money and just the the absurd you know twenty plus million dollars for an edge rusher. It's doable. It's doable now. You know we, the next question is going to be, and this is not part of the the mailbag, but the next question would be like, well, what do you do if you sign him to that long-term deal? What do you do when you got T.J. Watt coming up in two years because he is going to get in the twenty plus million dollar range, and then you're going to have thirty-five, forty million dollars wrapped up in your edge rush positions, but I guess that's a that's a question for Omar Khan uh, later this offseason. All right, uh, Jonathan writes in, with the team needing help on offense right away, wouldn't it make more sense to draft an all-around running back in the second round over a tight end since they typically take some time to de- develop? And Chris, this goes back to you know the question that we've been ta- we were talking about two years ago, which is that kind of qu- quote-unquote window the Steelers are in, right? Drafting guys for the right now, not for a year from now, but for the right now, 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 because they have a 37-year-old quarterback coming off of elbow surgery. Who knows how long he could play? So you're looking at when the Steelers are drafting, how much should they be looking at players that can contribute immediately and not necessarily someone that could be a real contributor two or three years from now? Uh, see, here's the thing, Tony. I, I don't think that – I think if you, you could get a guy that nets, that doesn't necessarily that, – that can do both, you know? Like – like they they should they shouldn't just be drafting just like like for a town like you don't draft a guy that they're like oh yeah he's gonna be good as rookie year and then he's done like you know that, that that's not a thing but I do think that they should be looking at talent you know who can contribute right now but also you're looking at the the you know weighing the option of you know in a, in a year or two how is he gonna how is he gonna be a thing you know when Ben Roethlisberger does retire you know which is an imminent reality you know within the next you know, a year or two, you know, or maybe three at best. Um, but you want a running back if that, that's going to be able to come in and, um, and and be part of a power run game that you can depend on if, say, you have a young quarterback situation again. So, you know, with all the guys on the list, if you can get a guy that is a playmaker, by all means, get him. You know, I just – I'm not so sure – that this class is going to have a guy of uh, one of those top five running backs available at, by the time the Steelers pick. It's going to be such a weird. You're right because it's going to be such a weird draft. I actually just got done uh, before we uh, before we started recording today. I was watching some DeAndre Swift, uh, who's very good by the way, much like Jerry Judy. I mean, I don't think he's like Jerry Judy level good, but he's good. He's very good. Uh, but I, I mean, it's it's, it's such a yeah yeah. Listen, you're not getting the draft network is not giving you this level of draft coverage. Jerry Judy, very good. DeAndre Swift. Good, but not on Jerry Judy's level. I mean, that's <laughs> this is top level stuff, man. Uh, and you're getting this for free. Go, <laughs> tell us these things. Uh, where was I going with that point? Oh, yeah, yeah. This is such a loaded draft. Travis Etienne is is in this draft. Jonathan Taylor is in this draft. I mean, they're, they're, this is going to be a loaded running back draft, it, and especially at a time when the NFL is all of a sudden realizing, like, oh, we should start running the ball again. Uh, so all these, you know, I think these running backs, like you said, are all going to go early. Remember, we we had like two or three years there where there was no running backs taken in the first round, right? And then there, and there was maybe a quarter, a running back taken, uh, no running backs taken in the first round, and then you would have one maybe taken in the top five, and then the next guy would get taken in like the third round, something like that. 
Um, this year, I mean, yeah, I think there could be five to seven taken in the first two rounds. So uh, it's a throwback. It's a th- like two years later, we're in throwback mode. All right, one more question here. Patrick asks us, predict the 2020 season record and don't say it will be covered in a future episode. Ooh, actually, sorry, Patrick, we're covering this in a future episode. Just kidding. Um, there is no future episodes for me. Well, unless it's tomorrow. <laughs> All right, I will start. Prediction for 2020. Is 16-0 and 0 too high, Chris? Is it too much? Well, what, what, where do the playoffs go? You, I mean, you got to... You gotta include those games. Oh, I mean, well, I mean, nineteen and zero, obviously. Um, okay, I think right now, I think on the low, like my low prediction for the season, and this is, it, and I'm not predicting a Ben is hurt or Ben Ben's not. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not going with the like you know doom and gloom version of 2020. I'm going with the only Ben is healthy on the low side, ten and six. On the high side. 13-3. and three. And I think this team is within range of the Super Bowl. If they're not playing in an AFC Championship game next year, I will be sad because this team has the makings of a team that should be uh, a, a bi-week team and then a they should at least win that first division round game and get themselves with a chance of playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah. See, okay. For, so for picking, for picking games, you know, a year in advance, <laughs> that's... That's what we're doing here. Yeah, yeah. Um, way, way, way too early. Um, so you know, if I'm counting games, you know, and I'm thinking that the Steelers with Ben back, they're at least a 24 point a, a week type of type of game. Like you know, that, that's the average that the, that they'll that they'll come out to. Like they'll be middle of the road of an offense. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll have them. I'll also have them splitting with the Ravens. Um, I'll have them sweep the Ohio teams. So that's five wins there. Um, I'll the have NFC East next year, right? NFC East. So I, 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 I picked them to beat uh, Washington. I don't think they're going to be that good next year. I think they need a lot of, a lot of work. I think that they could, that the coaching staff they're assembling can get them in the right direction, but I, I don't think they'll be ready uh, by next year. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not sold on the Titans game because I want to see how they continue to grow. Um, the Eagles are always a wild card, though they're coming to Pittsburgh, and the Steelers have never lost to the Eagles in Heinz Field. Um, there, so there's that thing. The Giants could be interesting, but they're going to get another high draft pick, and they already have Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, and and they got a judge now. We're not Judge going. Judy. Judge no. Judy is their coach now. Wouldn't it be not? What if they hire? What if they draft Jerry Judy? They have to. Is Judge, ju- Judge, and Judy. Aha! Exactly. Look what we're doing. Here. <laughs> These are the horrible things that Tony does to me. Anyways, um, see, I, okay. If I was, if I, if I was, I mean, I, I could see the Steelers definitely going ten and six. Um, you know, it, it, with with uh, with with bumps in the road, with lots, with you know, maybe maybe they lose another key, some key defenders at, at at rough points of the season. But I, I see them. I, I don't see the Browns really changing. I, I, I their their organization just continues to speak of just desperation every year and not being able to figure things out. And um, I, I don't see them changing. I don't see the Bengals just up and turning things over next year. Um, you know they get to play the Bills again. And it'll be on the road. Bills could be interesting, but I think that that might be like a, a sort of revenge game for them next year. I think they'll be they'll be keyed in for that. 
They'll get the Cowboys, uh, you know, in Dallas. That might actually be a tough game. That's a game I might have them losing pending. on. That's a revenge game for Ben. Last time he was in Dallas, it was uh, real bad. Yeah, it was a, it was a rough one. Antonio Brown fumbled a punt. Um, I remember I remember a lot of things about that. So like, there's there's that version of it. I mean, in the last time that they played the Cowboys, also and this, I mean, most of these guys weren't on the team outside of the offensive lineman, but they they almost had them. And then Ezekiel Elliott yeah, busted that. I crazy. blacked that game out. I actually don't remember anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great game. They, it was they, it was a fantastic game. I uh, might have I might have been the idiot in the bar running around celebrating too early, and then. Well, because Ben pulled off the fake spike. Yeah, that was, uh, I mean, it was it was oh, one of the greatest. Steel- right there. Look, look at this guy. It That's should a- it should have been remembered as one of the all time great Steeler wins. And then it, and then they, the defense. I mean, but that again. And then Zeke happened. The, that's what the. But this, Zeke. Like, this, 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 but this is what I was trying to tell people back then. I was like, look, this defense, it's going to need time to gel. And then you saw Ryan Chazier that year emerge, and you know, and, and after that game, that's when the defense went on a crazy tear. Anyways, we're, we're here to talk about records. We're not here to revisit four years ago. Yeah, exactly. uh, but I, I, I'd say low balling nine and seven, 10 and six, 11 and five is right around where I think they, they, they'll probably end up with a couple bad games here and there, just games where the other team just really comes in and plays really well. They're going to have to play the Texans. I mean, that's the thing. You look at these opponents, they're going to have to play Deshaun Watson. Most likely the Denver Broncos look like they're young and may have something going next year. The Cowboys will have new direction. The bills, you know, you'll see how they rebound next year. Uh, The giants have a lot of young talent that I like to see. The Eagles are so up and down. Uh, The Titans looked very interesting. And then you got the Ravens, uh, so there's several teams that I look at and I'm like, man, I'm intrigued by where these teams could go. And we still don't know what these teams will look like because we got free agency. We got the draft. We got a lot of things that are going to be going on. But um, a safe record, I think, would be 10-6. Um, but if the Steelers, if the defense could, could plays at the level it did this year and they just get mediocre offense, you know, just middle of the line, ranked like 16th or 18th in the league, I think that that's good enough to make them a 12-14. and 14. Yeah, so I mean, what we're saying here is Super Bowl or bust, right? It's it's a Super Bowl or bust type of year. Totally. <laughs> right. That's I think we're in agreement on that one. All right, <laughs> that'll do it for part one of our mailbag. Thank you to everyone who wrote it so far. What? I was just joking. Oh, <laughs> I was like, you want to get I'm going 45 minutes into this podcast? We can keep going, but I feel like we should save some for tomorrow. Uh, so we are uh, we're still we we still have a ton of questions to get to, but if you still want to write in, uh, you can do that by uh, writing us on Twitter. I'm at Steeler Country. Chris is at Carter Critiques. Uh, you can go to the Facebook group where there is a thread there. I will still be reading all those questions that are going to get added over the next day or so. And you can email us, LockedOnSteelers at gmail.com. So plenty of ways to make your voice heard here on this mailbag episode. Before then, Chris, let people know where they can find your work. As always, find me on Twitter at Carter Critiques, where if you follow me, I'll follow you back. Hit me with an at, hit me with a DM. Always down to chat with you lock lights out there. Yes, I call you guys the Lockalites. Those are our, our our loyal followers. You can interact with all our Lockalites on the Facebook group. At uh, if you if you go on Facebook, search Locked On Steelers. You can join our group. It's public. You can see. You can chat with all of our guys. We have our guys and gals. Um, we have plenty of devoted fans who uh, you know post very interesting questions every day. This is also a, a premium way to get in on the mailbags because that's where we first lean to to get our our mailbag content as well as our Twitter. You can follow. Uh, LO Steelers is the Twitter account uh, for Locked On Steelers. Um, but we thank you all for being part of us. You guys help make, make help us make a great show. 
Um, if you're listening to this and you're not subscribed, you're like, man, what a podcast. Um, you should you should definitely subscribe right now. Leave us a five-star review and a positive comment. Those type of things really help us push along the show and let the world know what we are doing here at Locked On Steelers. You can also find my work at DKPittsburghSports.com where I'm the NFL, the lead NFL analyst, breaking down the X's and O's like no other, getting all the good content out there. We do, we're doing in-depth look back, looks back into the season. Uh, Monday through Friday, Carter's Classroom is a, is a regular uh, fix on the website. You can also get our premium coverage of the Steelers, the Pirates, the and the Penguins, and the University of Pittsburgh, who just beat North Carolina in Chapel Hill, baby! H2P! Okay, I didn't get that in. Um, so uh, all that all that coverage and more for just 99 cents is to get you a trial month at DKPittsburghSports.com. Come check us out. I'm sure you'll love how we cover Pittsburgh sports. You can follow me on Twitter at Steeler Country, and Chris and I will be back tomorrow for more Locked on Steelers.